The rich, the powerful, and often the old decide when to go to war. And the poor and the powerless, they're the ones who have to fight it. Very candid video from Russian soldiers talking about what they're going through in Ukraine. The Russians are the aggressors here, but there are victims on both sides of this war. And when the headlines are this bleak, what did we used to do for escape? Turn to entertainment. Remember? Entertainment. At one point, it was very beautiful in this country. The wonderful world of Disney. This was great for the whole family. Everybody loved this stuff. I mean everybody. And if you didn't, you didn't talk about it, okay? Disney, what's not to like? I loved it, personally. I went to Disneyland, I went to Disney World. Here I am in the middle in the yellow shirt with my brother and my father. My mom takes a picture, that's Tom Sawyer Island. Here we are uh, sailing through the park in one of those little uh, tramway buckets. The greatest, happiest place on earth is now, tragically, the wokest place on earth. Disney is having a nervous breakdown. It is utterly insane. And previously, I assume normal people are making the most outlandish statements all over the place. This is uh, Carrie Burke, uh, the Disney General Entertainment President. Now, what happens here? They're having a, um, I don't know, uh, a reevaluation. I think they call it a reimagination of what Disney is supposed to be because they're all upset with Governor DeSantis and the boss of the company. It's totally bizarre how this happened, but... Now they're just trying to outdo each other to show how woke they are. Take a look. I'm here as a mother of, of two queer children, actually. Um, uh, one transgender child um, um, and one pansexual child. Um, you see where this is going? Um, important, uh, therefore I want to hold on to my job. I better show how woke I am and start talking about pansexual children. This is depravity, and I think she's doing it to hold on to power during this critical moment. More on this moment in a moment. What did she say next? One of our execs stood up and said, you know, we only have a handful of queer leads in our content. And I went, what? I, that can't be true. And I, and I, and I realized, oh, it, it actually is true. We have many, many, many LGBTQIA characters in our stories and 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 yet we don't have enough leads um, and narratives in which gay characters just just get to be characters. 
We want to make the LGBTQ, did you catch that actually? I've heard of LGBTQ, but now it's LGBTQIA+. I'm making a commitment now to not look up what the I and the A and the plus mean. I'm not interested. This is a corrupt and crazy conversation that they insist on having for very perverse reasons. I haven't totally figured out. For this one and a lot of other senior people at Disney, though, they just want to keep the mob at bay. Perhaps had this moment not happened, um, I, as a leader, and me as my colleagues, would not have focused on. And and going forward, um, I, I certainly will be more so. All right. So what is this moment? Why now? Why now the moment? It's all about the boss, the CEO of the company, that guy, not speaking out early enough against the Florida Parental Rights and Education Bill, which they wrongly call the Don't Say Gay Bill. All right. They're upset that the boss didn't say something about it earlier. He didn't have to say anything about it at all. He could have read the thing and understand that it's pretty reasonable. And let's go through it. These are the parts they didn't read. It details that classroom instruction on sexual orientation or gender identity may not occur in kindergarten through grade three. Now, can I ask you something? What normal person would have a problem with that? You know, the bill is only seven pages long and nobody read it. Nobody read it out there in Hollywood. Next in this uh, ooh, dangerous legislation, notifies a student's parents if change in a student's well-being is observed. It reinforces fundamental rights for parental decisions concerning their children. Yeah, that's too complicated. That's actually too wholesome. So what do they call it? They corrupt it by calling it the don't say gay bill. And they run with that. Oh, you can't say gay. And they pretend that by saying the word gay, they're doing something subversive. And they love, this is Disney. And again, why are they upset? Because the CEO did not speak out against it. He's already spoken out against it, but he should have done it earlier in their opinion. I'd fire them all. Um, they seem to not like to work very much. Get it? Gay, 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 gay. We're violating the law, they say. They think by saying gay. That's not in the bill. It's about children, okay? And not talking about gender identity in kindergarten. Is that a problem? Most reasonable people would say no. But this is how off the wall Disney is right now. Those employees, quite frankly, Disney probably normally is a pretty cool place to work. They're so upset with the CEO and the whole company culture that they're pressuring construction firms to not complete their work on new rides at Disney theme parks. They actually want them to abandon these projects mid-project unless they get what they want. Now, what is that? What is that? Well, they've been having meetings all the time, Zoom meetings, people apologizing, people doing that whole we see you, we hear you routine. Take a look. Last summer, we, we removed all of the um, gendered greetings in relationship to our life skills. So we no longer say ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Um, we, we've trained, we, we've provided training for all of our, our cast members in, in relationship to that. So now they know it's, it's hello everyone or hello friends. We, we are in the process of changing over those, those recorded messages. And so many of you are probably familiar when we brought the fireworks back to the Magic Kingdom. We no longer say ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we say dreamers of all ages. Oh, phew. 
I'm so relieved because ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, that's hate speech, right? This is insanity. This is depraved. Um, why do they want to do it? Why are they pushing this agenda so aggressively with children? Something very sinister, something that I don't fully understand is happening. And there's more. Especially with like trans characters, you can't see if someone is trans. There's not one way to look trans. And so. Uh, yes, but we can usually tell. I'm sorry, but we can usually tell. But what else does this guy have to say? Kind of the only way to have these like canonical trans characters, canonical asexual characters, canonical bisexual characters is to give them stories where they can like be their whole selves. I don't get this be your whole self routine at work or even in art, even in products that you are creating for other people to consume. For instance, take me. I love model trains. Did you know that? I actually do. Uh, these guys, uh, they've got a great train set. I've admired it. I've helped. I, I love trains. I love them. I don't talk about it on TV because it's a pretty niche hobby and not a lot of people are into it. All right. Especially at my age. That's my thing. I'll do it on my time and I'm not going to bother you about it. Fair. You get it. I think that's a pretty good analogy. Then there's this. The showrunners were super welcoming, Meredith Roberts, and like the, the our leadership over there has been so welcoming to like my like not at all secret gay agenda. I don't have to be afraid to like let's have these two characters kiss. Let's in the background this like I was just wherever I could, just basically adding queerness to like the, if you see anything queer in the show, I'm proud of But like I, I just was like no one would stop me, and no one was trying to stop me. Just have fun with your not-so-secret gay agenda and queerness and uh, putting it in movies and cartoons. And uh, where has it been so far? I watch this stuff from time to time, I guess, over the years. These are movies you've heard of, I've heard of. Uh, is this what they've been up to all along? Is this what they will be up to from now on? Um, I don't think it's going to help the plot line. You know, movies are about people. Why do they have to be about LGBTQ people or anything like, is the orientation really all that? Hey, we got to thank uh, Christopher Rufo. He's done amazing work. And he's the one who uncovered this uh, hideous conversation taking place inside Disney. Thank you, Christopher. Um, this conversation is hideous. It is, quite frankly, contrary to the values of most people in America. Who hew to a Judeo-Christian worldview values and for them to be trounced upon like this, as aggressively as this, well, something sinister, maybe even something evil. I don't fully understand it. I don't totally know the motivations, but we're going to find out. And I think we're going to win because there are heroes out there. All right. There are heroes like this 77 year old nurse. Um, her name is, I believe, Kathleen Catifer. That's right. She's a school nurse at a public school in Hartford, Connecticut. And she's been suspended because she made some observations on Facebook about the students she's been dealing with. Take a look. As a public school nurse, I have an 11-year-old female student on puberty blockers and a dozen students identifying, identifying as non-binary all but two keeping this a secret from their parents with the help of teachers and administration. 
Teachers are spending 37.5 hours a week influencing your children, not necessarily teaching your children what you think is being taught. Now, she's obviously on the right side here, right? This is a good person. But in today's world, the power, the authority, will fight her and say that she's the deviant one. This is how the administration responded. She didn't name names here. She didn't name any students' names. Uh, With deep regret, we write to inform you that a school nurse made inappropriate comments regarding Hartford Public School students on social media. And what have they done? The manner in which these comments were shared and the values expressed, totally inconsistent, blah, blah, blah. We do not tolerate language that could be harmful to our community. So what did they do? Administrative leave while the district conducts an investigation. How about investigating yourselves? Uh, You know, we used to maybe call the FBI on this kind of stuff when adults were having conversations with children about personal matters of sexuality. That should be a matter for the FBI. This is crazy stuff, but there are heroes like her. Today she's being scorned. Today she's being deprived of a paycheck. Tomorrow I hope she gets the Presidential Medal of Freedom because she deserves one. When we come back, Hunter Biden, the walls are closing in on this guy. The party's about to end, Hunter. Be right back. The former president of the United States. And, you know, I wouldn't say Fox has been exactly perfect. Fox has been a big difference of Fox between now and what it was four years ago, as you know. But we have others that come along and they're doing well. And uh, uh, Newsmax has been really good. And, you know, others are coming along and people are seeing that they're watching these conservative networks. President Trump is right. That's why millions of Americans are tuning into Newsmax for the real news they can trust. All All I can can say is is that that the fake fake news just doesn't get it, do they? The fake news, they don't even know a good story when they've got one. An important story. Like Hunter. Remember Hunter and his underwear and all of his recreational activities and pursuits? Wow. It looks like the fake news, finally, now that Joe Biden is safely in the White House, finally they feel comfortable a year and a half later, now we'll look into this thing. Now we'll check out that laptop. Now the coast is clear. It seems pretty clear that Hunter Biden was uh, trading on his father's name to make a lot of money. We know the FBI has possession of it and that they believe it is his laptop, that the contents of it are his. This is a very real, very substantial investigation of potentially serious federal crimes. We are seeing federal prosecutors in Delaware do exactly what you would expect to see. Wait a second. No, that's all Russian disinformation. No, that's all baseless. That's been debunked. What are you guys talking about? Finally, finally, CNN is actually, I guess, doing their job a year and a half late. The New York Times, too. The Washington Post. All of them writing stories, uh, reporting what we've known for over a year and a half. Because we did not censor or ban or falsely label the New York Post reporting as Russia disinformation, we knew better. Can you believe the delay? One year and five months later. Substantial reporting about this from the New York Post and others in the fall of 2020 was ignored, censored, shadow banned. By the way, there even have been books 
before the election about the corruption of Joe Biden and Hunter. You can look it up, all right? That wore out well before the election. And also this, fake news, finally, because why? Why now? I wonder. But if you listen closely enough, even Joe Biden himself, even him, was essentially admitting that the story was true. Listen to what he says here. So what about the Americans who really today only want me to ask you about Hunter Biden's laptop? How are you going to get them to see that you are fighting for them when they're so dead the set against you? It's, it's, there's nothing to any of that. Nothing to any of that. It's all a smear. Every major outfit, every serious investigator has pointed out that this is a smear. This is classic Trump. So. You can be smeared with the truth if the truth is ugly. That might feel like you're being smeared, but it doesn't mean it's not true. And it's interesting. Sometimes Joe maybe thinks he's being cute, clever or whatever, but that's what they call a non-denial denial. And even Hunter, <laughs> he basically admitted the laptop has been his all along. Was that your laptop? For real, I don't know. I know, but, but you know that's is, this is I really a, don't know okay. the answer is. That's you don't know yes or no if the laptop I don't have was any yours. idea. I have no idea. So it could have been yours. Of course, certainly. It, 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 there could be a laptop out there that was stolen from me. There could be that I was hacked. It could be that that was the that it was Russian intelligence. It could be that it was stolen from me. So why now? Why are they doing this now? Here's actually what I think. I think he will be indicted, and they don't want to look like naive people. They don't want to look like they were late to the story. They want to look like they knew ahead of time. It's all about them, actually, and their feelings and their ego. It's pretty amazing. It's pretty cheap. These people are very shallow. But even now, still, they're covering for Joe Biden, trying to. Federal prosecutors, it looks like they're moving in on Hunter but you got to still protect Joe, right, uh, CNN? The fact that a, an investigation has been sustained during the Biden administration is an indication that the government is working on this subject. And uh, we'll see what the results are. But so far, there is zero evidence that Vice President Biden or President Biden has done anything wrong in connection with what Hunter Biden has done. Oh, Really? 10% for the big guy? Dear Hunter, thank you for introducing me to your father at Cafe Milano. I had a wonderful meeting with him. Are you serious? Spinning for Joe Biden. What do they owe him? This guy probably owes him, I don't know. They gave him a piece of information he could use on another day, and he wants to stay in their good graces. That's how it works there. But there is a hell of a lot of evidence that suggests that Joe Biden himself could be in a lot of trouble. All right. One more word on the incident. We have something new, actually. Moments ago, we have this from the Academy Award. The Academy itself says, things unfolded in a way we could not have anticipated. While we would like to clarify that Mr. Smith was asked to leave the ceremony and refused, we also recognize we could have handled the situation differently. Yeah, like maybe not giving him the award. Uh, I didn't see them ask him to leave. Did you? I don't know if this adds up. They're doing a lot of spin, a lot of damage control right now. They they didn't even call him out when this first went down. We don't condone violence. That's what the, that's what they said first. Number one, 
Quick review, right? I think it's fascinating. Sorry. Here's the smack. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Wow is right. And then he sits down. He curses out Chris Rock. Incredibly stupid behavior. And the audience just eats it up. Ten minutes later, he wins the award. And look at them hooting and hollering and applauding. Will Smith! The reaction, that crowd, after what he just did, that's infuriating for a lot of people. And would somebody like Tom Cruise been applauded if he smacked somebody in front of all those people? Probably not. Hmm? Now, some folks call this, and I think it's kind of apt, the bigotry of soft expectations, thinking that somebody, uh, I don't know, like a Will Smith, you know, well, he looks a certain way, can't expect all that much from him. We can't. Jim Carrey came forward. Remember that guy with the, the face, the mask? Cable guy, what else did he do? Uh, dumb and Dumber. He's an A-list uh, genius in my book. Don't agree with him politically, but on this, he's spot on. You watched it unfold, and then what happened after? I was sickened. I was sickened by the standing ovation. I felt like Hollywood is just spineless, en masse. And uh, it just... It really felt like, oh, this is a really clear indication that uh, we're not the cool club anymore. You know, you do not have the right to, to walk up on stage and smack somebody in the face because they said words. No, no, I agree. Yeah, of course. Gail agrees with the uh, world famous movie star right in front of her. Uh, I wonder what her real feelings are, but who knows? Um, again, imagine if Tom Cruise did it. Huh? <laughs> they could be uh, slightly different situation. Stay with us. Hillary Clinton busted over the steel dossier? Kinda. We'll be right back. If you've had it with the old news and the same spent, well then Spicer and Company is your place for the inside story and for the facts that you need to know. Remember the phony baloney steel dossier, phony job leaked to damage then president-elect Trump? Didn't work, but boy, oh boy, talk about corruption. And it didn't come from the Russians. It came from the Hillary Clinton campaign. Oh, yes, it did. They paid more than a million dollars for it, and now it's actually being acknowledged. They're getting a slap on the wrist, all right? This is a slap on the wrist from the Federal Election Commission, but they're uh, they're fining uh, about $113,000 to uh, the treasurer of the campaign and a couple of other minor officials because they did not account for the money properly. Now, this should be a huge criminal matter, but don't forget that that phony steel dossier, they cooked it up just like they cooked up just about everything on Donald Trump, but they never could get him, and I don't think they'll get him going forward. Looks like he's coming back. All right, also this. There's a gubernatorial uh, election in Pennsylvania, and they recently had a Republican forum. All the candidates got together and they talked about the issues. It ran for about two hours. You can't find it on YouTube, though. It's been banned. They took it off. It's been deleted. 
violating the community's guidelines. How so? How so, YouTube? Well, they put this out. Very general. Our team has reviewed your content, and unfortunately, we think it violates our misinformation policy. This is very dangerous stuff. If you want to say something now, if you really want to be heard, you have to do it um, through technology. Freedom of speech, they're going to say, well, you're, you're, you're free to go to the beach and say whatever you want. Oh, you're free to go to the forest and yell your head off. No, that's not freedom of speech. We need these tools to be heard. Imagine, again, if Alexander Graham Bell, who invented the phone, said, you can't have the phone unless I agree with what you're saying on my phone. That obviously would be a huge violation. And if it technically wasn't a violation of the Constitution, well, we ought to change it and file some lawsuits to get YouTube, I don't know, make it public uh, public entity somehow. Donald Trump, don't forget, he's filed a class action lawsuit against big tech with these kinds of issues in mind. These companies have been co-opted, coerced, and weaponized by government and by government actors to become the enforcers of illegal, unconstitutional censorship. Excellent, excellent. I hear that lawsuit is going forward. We'll have to stay tuned. Meanwhile, here in New York City, like so many major cities throughout the country, we have a major problem. Our problem is this man right here, Eric Adams. He is uh, bereft of integrity and ability, although, yeah, I'll, I'll give him this. He looks great in clothes. He's one cool dude, but that's all he's got. He was elected because of his, as he put it, swagger, all right? He's got it all going on, except when it comes to ability. Take a look at this guy. People are pushing back on me. You know, oh, there goes that mean Pope, Pope, police officer, Eric again. Hey, so what? <laughs> Call me what you want. We're going to be safe. You're gonna, I'm like broccoli. You're going to hate me now, but you're going to love me later. <laughs> <laughs> Not funny. A friend of mine, Mark Simone, said, no, he's not like broccoli. He's like ice cream. At first, you like him. Yeah, good. Tastes good, right? No, it is. But it's bad for you, and it's no nutritional value, and uh, might even give you a headache. Take a look at this. His first three months on the job. This guy was supposed to be the big crime fighter, okay? Up almost 40% in January over last year. Next, in February, up 58%. Preliminary statistics so far for March show a 47% increase. He has no ideas, he's not competent, and he lacks integrity. That's our big problem here. But he does love to party. Take a look at this. So that's uh, Cara Delevingne. She's some British model, often hangs out with Miley Cyrus. Uh, and I think Eric is making a move on her. Um, this is what he does. He doesn't work. He parties. Last night, actually, he went to three different events and changed his outfit twice. Here he is earlier in the night going to a Matthew Broderick, Sarah Jessica Parker event. And by the way, he's overdoing it with the clothes. I mean, take a look at that. First of all, tan suit, totally out of season. Who wears a shawl collar these days? He's dressed like it's, um, I don't know, 1895 somewhere. That's a crazy outfit. But that's what it's all about because he doesn't know anything else. He actually thinks that uh, 
Well, listen to this. When it comes to his personal security, he wants his brother around, who has no background in these matters. And what is he afraid of? What really gets him? Let me be clear on this. Uh, my brother is qualified uh, for the position. Uh, number one, he will be in charge of my security, uh, which is extremely important to me in a time when we see an increase in white supremacy and hate crimes. I have to take my secur security in a very serious way. White supremacy in New York City, another liberal fantasy. I mean, even liberals, he's the only one talking about white supremacy in New York City. It's not a thing. And when this guy, this alleged crime fighter, actually sees a crime, does he spring into action? No. He calls the cops. On his first day in office, he sees a guy getting beat up just a few uh, yards from where he is. Go ahead and roll the tape. And what can he do? Nothing other than call 911. He already made a horrible decision because, well, his brother, he wasn't, he wasn't allowed to have his brother as his bodyguard, so he chose no bodyguards. <laughs> and he calls 911. I called 911 five times last year. We want more from the mayor. Here's another sign that uh, all is not right in City Hall. He's getting crime-fighting tips from Lori Lightfoot of Chicago. Yeah, they're... They're, they're joining forces to fight crime. We'll be back in a little bit with Dr. Oz. It's our America. We built it. Courage. Freedom. Millions go to Newsmax when they need to know. Start today on the free Newsmax app. Newsmax is real news for real people. This man brutally assaults a woman entering her apartment building in Yonkers, New York. Recently, uh, a man, a Filipino man, was crossing the street. Look at what happens to him as he gets to the corner. Viciously knocked to the ground. Not long ago, an Asian man uh, from New Jersey was attacked in the subway by, uh, we believe, a transgender individual. In San Francisco, mayhem inside a souvenir store. Uh, the owners uh, of Asian uh, descent started fighting back. Good for them. It looks like in most cities, anti-Asian hate crimes are up either double or even triple digits. It is wild, and they can't blame this on Donald, Donald Trump. It was even unfair when they did blame it on him, in my opinion. Uh, and I think the facts bear that out. I'd like to bring in Kenny Shu. Kenny is the president of Color Us United. Uh, he has a great podcast. It's called An Inconvenient Minority and a book of a similar name, An Inconvenient Minority, The Attack on Asian American Excellence and the Fight for Meritocracy. He's been an important voice on these matters. Welcome back to Newsmax, Kenny. How are you? I'm well. Thank you so much for having me, Greg. So, Kenny, um, anti-Asian hate is growing what do you attribute that to? Uh, I thought it was fake news, quite frankly, when they tried to blame it on Trump. There's a lot going on here. How do you see it? Look, they can't blame it on Trump anymore. Let's just put it that way, right? Joe Biden's in office. He's the president now. Um, the Democrats have had their way. They've had their identity politics. And guess what? Anti-Asian crime is still happening, and it's not perpetuated by white supremacy. I mean, uh, the last data that we have, the FBI data that we have, 2018, the perpetrators of crimes against Asians, 28% were black, 25% were white, the rest were other races. So this is not a crime of white supremacy or because of the China virus or every, everything like that. This is because 
There are issues that are going on in inner city communities right now, issues of violence, issues of cultural degradation, issues that that began long before um, any of this has to occur. And so we have to solve those problems right at the start, not blame racism. So you mentioned figures uh, going back to 2018. Now, what we have here is anecdotal, but we have looked at many. I mean, each one here in New York, and we're going to be rather candid here. They're being perpetrated by African-American men almost without fail, sometimes African-American women. Um, historically, uh, there has been friction between African-Americans and some members of the Asian community. Here in New York City, Al Sharpton organized a boycott of successful Asian-owned businesses. Can you tell us a little bit about where that friction comes from and what you know about it? Absolutely. In my book, An Inconvenient Minority, I talk about these anti-Asian crimes and some of the frictions that have been happening. Back in the early 1990s in L.A., there were frictions between the black uh, communities there in L.A. and also the Korean shopkeepers there. The reason why is because the Koreans, right, who were recent immigrants, they had no money. The only thing they could do to sell their wares was to go to the inner city communities because they couldn't afford the suburbs. So the people that they catered to were largely African-Americans. Now, were there communication issues on both sides? Absolutely. But there was also an undercurrent of jealousy against Asian-Americans because these Korean-Americans, even though they were poor, even though they had plenty of disadvantages and faced discrimination, were still able to pick themselves up and uh, do, do productive things with their life. And that did spark a little resentment between the communities that eventually led to violence, that eventually led to the L.A. riots, that yeah. eventually led to a shooting. And uh, that's what happened. So, Kenny, uh, it was about a year ago we had the shooting at the spas in Atlanta. Terrible, terrible uh, moment. Uh, eight victims, uh, uh, most Asian. I think two were white. Um, law enforcement said this was not racially motivated. We heard that from local law enforcement. We heard it from uh, the federal authorities. This was not racially motivated. But Joe Biden and Kamala Harris literally ran to the scene to talk about white supremacy. I only have a few seconds left. To me, that was pandering. And now they seem completely uninterested in this very real anti-Asian hate. Final thoughts, please. Look, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, they never prioritized Asian-Americans in the identity politics hierarchy. They always put Asians last. That's why they're supporting Harvard in their discrimination of Asian-Americans. Asian-Americans are always a last priority to them. Uh, that's just what I know about the two. That's um, that's terrible. Kenny Shu to be continued for sure. Check out his podcast and his book, An Inconvenient Minority. We appreciate it again, Kenny, and we'll be right back. Dr. Oz, Dr. Mehmet Oz, of course, you know by now he is the Republican candidate for the United States Senate from Pennsylvania. The campaign is hot right now. And consider this. He has the support of Secretary Perry, Rick Perry, former Secretary of Energy under Donald Trump, former governor of Texas. This is quite a combo. Now, energy is a huge issue in the Pennsylvania race. And right now we are joined by the candidate, Dr. Oz. 
and the new endorser slash supporter slash uh, friend, I guess, Secretary Perry, Governor Perry, Dr. Oz, thank you. But, you know, Secretary Perry, I'm going to go to you first. You are uh, an energy expert, Texas, obviously, big oil. Why are you putting your support behind Dr. Oz? Well, number one, uh, I, I know this man. I respect him in a personal way, but in a professional way. I know that uh, we need someone who can go to Washington, D.C. and be a powerful spokesperson for the energy industry uh, in this country. And we're right here in the uh, uh, western part of Pennsylvania today in a region that is on top of one of the great uh, gas fields in the world, uh, the Marcellus Shell, uh, the Utica that runs up through Pennsylvania. Both of those are extraordinary formations. And uh, we're here with some real leaders in the industry that are uh, supporting Dr. Oz and making sure that uh, the people of Pennsylvania understand how important this can be uh, to not only economic development of, of Pennsylvania, uh, but to help America become energy independent again, which we were under the Trump administration. And then uh, the Biden administration made some really poor choices. Uh, and America lost that uh, that edge. So we need to get our edge back. And one of the ways you can get your edge back is to put uh, Dr. Oz in the United States Senate. All right. Now, Dr. Oz, you've got some pretty significant support there. And, uh, you know, it's funny to hear you guys talk about fracking. So often the mainstream media, fracking is bad. It is awful. Must be stopped at all costs. Uh, that's not what you guys uh, understand fracking to be. It's not what the mainstream media has told us it is. It's not. This energy summit that we hosted today actually allowed us to dispel some of the false narratives, which just like COVID created a scenario that conned America into believing mandates might make a difference. And you know what happened with that. The same basic uh, imperfection of, of how information is conveyed has polluted what happens with energy policy. I'll say it very cleanly. The Green New Deal is a hoax. It's a fraud. It can't be done the timeline that's been described. What we can do is rely on natural gas right here from under our feet in Pennsylvania. And the Energy Summit today highlighted exactly why we're being tricked. We learned about the fact there's actually Russian misinformation that's tr that's allowed some of these false narratives to prosper because they're funding at the, at both in Europe and in this country. We learned that many times we've got financial sectors, we've got media, and we've got government now with Biden's leadership working together to create a storyline around energy that doesn't respect what really needs to happen. The reliability of energy will only exist if we're able to, to rely on some of the energy sources we have under our ground here. And the, the payment for this, if you don't do it, is borne by those less least able to deal with it. Farmers get bankrupted. You know, homeowners have to deal with much more expensive energy sources, or they got to pay extra for the natural gas they get. And we, by not being energy dominant, we sacrifice our, our future, our, our ability to control our destiny. So I want to put some pictures up of uh, fracking. And as we consider uh, how ludicrous gas prices have become, I understand you've got the support of a gentleman who is considered essentially the, uh, well, the father of fracking, a guy who kind of perfected the system of getting the gas out of the ground. It's very complicated, but kind of ingenious. His name is Harold Hamm. I understand he was at the summit as well, and he is in your corner as well, Dr. Oz. 
Yes, right I'm, I'm gonna, he actually, I can't believe it because he's iconic. Harold Ham is in the room. He wants to talk to Greg Kelly, <laughs> mainly because he knows your dad and respects your dad. But I'm going to put Harold here. Uh, Harold discovered and developed horizontal drilling with colleagues in Oklahoma. And he and Governor Perry flew up today to lead this energy summit. And I tell you, it was packed in there. It was like a tent revival event. And we're doing one actually a little bit to follow for the lay public. We're going to have several hundred people in, the, in this large event, but people are mobilized here in Pennsylvania. They know what they need to do. They just want leaders to allow them to do it. And and Governor Perry and Harold Ham, here he is. Come on. Are those leaders? Come Bring on, him on in Harold. Here. Here he is. <laughs> Sit down there, Harold. <laughs> while, Once in a uh, lifetime opportunity. While Harold's taking the seat here, uh, let me just say that it's been a great privilege for me to get to know this man. Uh, uh, horizontal drilling and the fracturing concept, uh, the two things that really changed the world. Uh, so literally you have here in, in the audience today, and, and Dr. Oz is blessed to have a guy like Harold Ham standing up with him. Everyone in the industry knows Harold, knows that he's a real patriot. He cares about this country. He could be doing a lot of things in a lot of different places. But to be in Pennsylvania, to put his uh, substantial reputation behind Dr. Oz, uh, I think is incredibly invaluable. Uh, and Americans know that this man loves this country, uh, he puts his 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 faith in uh, the oil and gas industry and its ability to not only deliver uh, economically priced energy to Americans, but it puts America's energy security right where it needs to be, and right. that's in the hands of people like. Harold Ham. Yeah, well, Harold Ham, if you invented fracking, um, yes, you could be anywhere in the world right now. I, I'm sure you you should own an island or many of them. Congratulations. Tell us what you'd like to say about the energy situation in Pennsylvania and Dr. Oz. Well, I feel just like uh, the secretary does. Uh, first of all, I have a, a, a very good relationship with Dr. Oz because a long ways back and basically on the health side. Uh, so, anyway, I, I appreciate uh, everything that he's done working with kids in school, with Health Corps, uh, through the 20 years that I've known him, and he's just a tremendous person. So, <clears throat> it's the least I could do to come up here from Oklahoma uh, today and, and let everybody know that I endorse him personally, uh, professionally, uh, for what he's sought, seeking to do here in Pennsylvania. So All right. very uh, good. Very good. Gentlemen, do me a favor. You got to say goodbye to Dr. Roz for me. <laughs> uh, Harold, uh, we appreciate it. Oh and and uh, just, ah, here he comes. <laughs> hey, as we do say goodbye, uh, uh, Secretary Perry, you've been, I don't know how long you were the governor, 12 years, 14 years, a long time, a lot more elections to Dr. Roz as he enters into the final two months here. How does he bring it home? What does he got to do? What does he got to focus on? He just he gets out in front of as many people as he can. I mean, Dr. Oz sells himself. I've I've seen his heart uh, and I think his heart's what sells to the to the people out here yeah, in Pennsylvania right. and to the American people. Uh, they know he's genuine. They know he's the real deal. And uh, he will make Pennsylvania a greater and better place uh, by being that spokesperson in the United States Senate. All right, gentlemen, we appreciate it. The uh the primary is coming up in the third week in May, I believe. Good luck to all and to be continued. Secretary Perry, uh, Mr. Ham, and Dr. Roz, of course. All the best, and we'll be right back.
information. Truth is freedom. Is Newsmax. It's real news for real people.